It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I love 40s. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 607 of Locked On Raptors for, uh, what is it, Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday, November 20th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Woodley. Sean, find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you are checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We have team-focused shows for all of the big four sports leagues. Uh, most of the teams within those leagues covered. Still some stragglers on the MLB and NHL sides, but for the most part, we got you covered across the board, and uh, it's very much appreciated if you subscribe, rate, and review the shows that you like. It's it's the best way to help us out put us in the rankings and all that good stuff make us more discoverable and visible and if you're a toronto sports fan which i know many people are overlapping raptors and leafs fans who listen to this podcast check out locked on leafs today with uh, mike DeStefano and andrew zuber who uh, broke down the mike babcock firing very big news out of toronto of course and uh make sure you're checking that out if you want to hear their despair about the state of the leafs or if you're a person who hates the maple leafs i know there are a lot of those as well Listen for Schadenfreude reasons. It's uh, it, it can't go wrong if you are uh, listening to Locked On Leafs today or tomorrow. Whenever you're hearing this, check out the latest episode from Mike and Zoops. Uh, all right, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors are not the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are very good, and they won another game against a bad Southeast Division team. Uh, we didn't do a podcast about the Hornets game just because of schedule reasons on Tuesday, uh, but this game kind of followed a similar script in the Raptors' 113-97 victory over the Orlando Magic. Not quite as dominating or beautiful as the win over the Hornets was on Monday, but it was a pretty good showing anyway, and the defense was outstanding. Some nice bench performances, and joining me to talk about all of that is uh, one of our faves who we haven't talked with in a while, but is now all over the place. She's got a brand new newsletter. She's at Raptors Republic. It is Kelsey O'Brien. Kelsey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, a little behind the curtain. This is the second time we're recording this intro because we recorded about 15 minutes of a podcast that did not record. So uh, I probably didn't need to reveal that, but, you know, why not? It's It's been a hard day. I'm sleepy. My eye is twitching right now. Uh, and this is the dedication I have to getting you the content. Anyway, uh, Kelsey, thanks for coming on today's show. Uh, let's start this one off with, uh, you know, how we normally start these game recap episodes out. What was your biggest takeaway from this game, Kelsey? My biggest takeaway was um, how well, like how great the Raptors really are after people discounted us and said we wouldn't make the playoffs. And just how just how deep we can go. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at, you know, Fred, or sorry, Kyle's out, Pascal's having a bad game, Serge is out, and yet we're still, we're still slapping asses. (laughs) Oh, what a perfect description of what's going on. They are slapping asses. Uh, (laughs) It is, it's been, it's kind of wild how, 
just sort of normal and rote it feels that the Raptors are going to play well without Kyle and Serge and you almost forget for parts of these games that they are missing Kyle and Serge um, you know you never totally forget it because there are always instances where it's like oh man I really wish they had Kyle for this one particular instance but um, for the most part it's been pretty seamless and the way the bench has played has been just phenomenal and delightful it's been a uh, it's been a hell of a start in this Magic game in particular it was a lot of fun and you know the the infrastructure of the Raptors was kind of put up against the Magic in this one in a pretty interesting way. The Magic uh, unfortunately lose Aaron Gordon and Nick Vucevic in this one early on. They both were out for the entire second half. Vucevic just played 11 minutes, although he went one of seven against his father Marcus Gasol. So uh, that trend continues, but. Uh, tough sledding for the Magic losing those guys, but still, the, you figured with how many like weird sort of long wing dudes they have on their team, and like Mo Bamba and Kem Birch, like you figured maybe they'd be able to sc- scrabble something together, but not really. It was a pretty rough second half, just 17 points for the Magic in the third quarter, 29 in the fourth when things were kind of out of hand. Um, their defense was admittedly great, and, and they did a really good job of making things tough for the Raptors in the middle part of the game, but uh, for the most part, just... The Magic kind of depressed me. I I was never really on the Magic train coming into the season. I you know there were some people who picked picked them to come like third in the East, which I think is insane. Um, and when you just look at what their roster is, they just they don't frighten you. Like Kelsey, at any point in this game, were you fearful once the Raptors were up by double digits or so? Were you ever fearful that the Magic were going to string something together to actually come back and maybe take the lead? Honestly, not even remotely. Yeah. Like, it's just, they're, yeah, like they, they don't have any juice. They, they just got nothing. And they have interesting players. Like Jonathan Isaac is awesome. His defense in this game was just outstanding. And he made things difficult for Pascal Siakam, who we'll get to in a little bit. But, you know, his offense was not there. He was 0-4 from deep. And, you know, the Raptors were using their defense that they used last week against the likes of Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard on the best player on the opposing team, and that player was Evan Fournier. And <laughs> it's like, what? why even sell out to stop that guy? I mean, he's good. He's a nice player, but I, I don't really see... Um, like, there's just no punch on this team. And, and look, they might have it at some point in the next couple of years here. Like, Isaac's really good. Markel Fultz looks like he's got a pulse, which is nice and encouraging. Um, and, of course, they have my friend Terrence Ross, but there's only so much he can do to, to carry the team on his shoulders. Uh, <laughs> and the just the they don't seem to have anyone to sort of direct everything in the right way. I mean, the Raptors, even without Lowry, have Fred VanVleet. They have Marcus Saul. They're just like winking at people to get them to move and cut and like setting people up and the 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 magic just don't they don't have anyone to stir the drink they don't have anyone to tie things together and jonathan isaac might be the next thing to next guy to do that for them and maybe they should sort of give him the onus of having the ball in his hands as per the wishes of uh sb nation's mike prada who keeps tooting this horn that you know isaac should be given the same platform as siakam to at least try to succeed and fail along the lines that siakam has at times this year and and did last year in, in games where Kawhi was out um but it just hasn't happened and this magic team to me is never going to be able to overcome its bottom five-ish offense, even with you know a top five defense, which I think they're capable of. There's just not much you can do uh, with the lack of shot creation they have. And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the way this Magic team is set up? I agree. I think that they have all these like weird potential pieces, but they have no way of putting them together. Mm-hmm. 
And I think what they could probably benefit from would be a veteran role player or someone that they could just, you know, encourage them and teach them and kind of show them how to work in unison rather than whatever the hell it is they're doing now. Because it's not even like they have one player that's just, you know, running the offense or running the defense and just like completely ISO that player. They have all these potential players that aren't playing up to the level that they could in -hmm. the right system. Yeah, there's sorely lacking someone who can facilitate the growth of them, right? And to sort of put the guys in the positions they need they need to be in to succeed. Like, there's no one to sort of drive the bus, as it were, to the place where they need to go. It's just sort of like they're all waiting for the driver, and like they're just kind of goofing off in the back of the bus. <laughs> and it's you know it's fun, and some fun things happen, but it's just it doesn't seem to have much direction. So uh, you know, tough state of affairs for the Magic right now. I think they are maybe not even a playoff team in the East considering some, I mean, I guess the East sucks. So maybe they, they, they'll just get in on the, on the merits of their defense alone, but I don't think they're going to do anything meaningful. I don't think they're going to do anything where they, like they, they scare a team in, in the first round. They just don't have the offense to, to be able to do that as great as Jonathan Isaac is. And as great as their defense was tonight, I mean, it gave the Raptors some trouble for sure. And you know, there's a lot to work with there, especially with Jonathan Isaac, but I just, you know, wait until Markel Fultz takes three steps or Isaac takes two steps or some other person comes in. Get DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> like, have DeMar DeRozan yeah. just, like, serve up dimes to all these guys. I know that runs counter to threes and all that stuff, but he kind of would be a bit of a perfect fit here. I know they don't have a ton of shooting to surround him with, but they could cobble something together. Vucevic can shoot now. Isaac can shoot. Trade Gordon for DeRozan and be done with it and just see how it works. And uh, that's my final Orlando Magic take of the day. Um, Before we get into a little bit more on the Raptors side of things from this one, I want to tell people about my bookie. Attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions Thanksgiving game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. That's $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday money to spend. And if you lose, congratulations to you as well, because MyBookie is going to give you all of your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It is no risk and all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play so quit waiting around and sign up today are you worried about how to bet and have questions about like what spreads are and what like money lines are and things like that i don't even know what that stuff is but guess what you don't have to worry about it because my bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process and the best part is if you join this thanksgiving week you still have one last shot to take advantage of their other great offer it's an incredible sign up offer where if you log into mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code locked on nba my bookie's going to match that deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll and that is on top of that risk-free bet we talked about off the top let me repeat that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for thanksgiving only so if you're a true football fan or if you're a basketball fan and you want to bet on hoops you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by you simply can't lose make sure you do your part to support your team this season hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie you play you win and you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Kelsey, let's uh, get into some more Raptors-related things from this Magic game. The I'll, I'll turn it over to you. I'll give you the floor. Pick a guy, pick a thing, pick a development from the game uh, that you want to talk about, and we will. Let's talk about Terrence Davis. Okay, love Terrence Davis. What did you like about Terrence Davis's game? 19, 8, and 5, 7 to 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from downtown. Um, just awesome once again. What, what was your uh, what was your takeaway from T- Davis's performance? Another career high for him. Yeah, another career high. We are just so lucky with the depth that we have, and Terrence Davis is a huge part of that. I mean, Kyle's out, Fred has got to be exhausted by this point. <laughs> and then you have this undrafted rookie plucked from another summer team come in and go, don't worry, guys, I got this. Mm-hmm. It is just the difference between the starting lineup for the Raptors and the second and even third stringers is so minimal compared to the rest of the league that it's just, we're just so fortunate <laughs> that that's our team. I know. It's uh, it's pretty nuts. Like, the drop-off has not been there. Remember last year how the bench was just, like, a nightmare and they could never find a unit that worked? Like, this year, obviously, it started off, they weren't really running a bench. They had seven guys they liked, plus McCaw. Um, and, you know, the injury, as I, I think a lot of people said, I think I said, you know, I wasn't alone in saying this. Like, the injury, I think, came at a time that allowed the Raptors the opportunity to expand themselves a little bit, sort of think outside their box that Nick Nurse has maybe put, had maybe put himself in rotation-wise early on and, you know, kind of presented all these options. And look, maybe they weren't going to work and some didn't. You know, Matt Thomas, I think we can kind of rule out from being a regular rotation guy because of his defense, defensive limitations, and we kind of learned that over this time here. Uh, he just got into two minutes tonight, and I think it's pretty clear that once Kyle's back, you know, Matt Thomas is very much going to be out of the out of the rotation unless it's sort of a situational thing. But even then, the the, the three guys that hit Chris Boucher, Ronda Hellish Jefferson, and Terrence Davis, he'll take that ten times out of ten. Go three or four on bench guys hitting. Um, and I'm not even saying Matt Thomas didn't hit. I, and I don't want Alex Warren to come after me. I still love Matt Thomas, but um, you know, the, the, there's it's just the way that Davis, Hollis Jefferson, and Boucher have hit have kind of changed. I think a lot about. You know how how I feel about this team and how I feel about how they can put things together. And Davis is big in that because what was the biggest thing that we thought the Raptors were lacking coming into the season with the departures of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green? Um, and this wasn't even so much tied to Green's departure; it was mostly related to Kawhi. It was shot creation, right? It was all right. How many guys on this team can actually run the offense and get them into their stuff? And with the way, I mean, we know Kyle and Fred can do it. We know Pascal now can do it. He, you know, his playmaking has been awesome. Gasol has been doing some great things from the post. And even OG's got a little bit more off the bounce juice. And then you throw in Terrence Davis as a guy who, you know, I don't think he's going to play 27 minutes all the time like he did tonight once Kyle's back. But as a guy who can play 15 to 20 to, you know, offset some of those minutes for Fred and Kyle or perhaps even play with those two guys in three guard lineups, that kind of, changes the amount of dynamism this team has in a way I was not expecting when the season started. Um, and that was because the the third best ball handler on the team was an undrafted rookie. But apparently that doesn't matter because the Raptors are an insane development factory that just churns out good players nonstop. Um, looking ahead here, 
at sort of the ways in which Terrence Davis can fit into the rotation for the Raptors. Like like, like I said, he's going to have his minutes cut down from what he saw tonight. He got some extended run in the second quarter when he was feeling it, and that was great. Um, but... You know, Kelsey looking ahead to, you know, the the impending return of Kyle, hopefully in the next week or so here, where do you think Davis fits in? What would you like to see his role in the team be? Um, I think right now, just because we are so deep for guards, I think he would be probably injury or performance insurance. So if Fred's having an off night or Kyle's having an off night, Rather than gamble with Norm, you can just kind of throw Terrence Davis in there mm-hmm. and be a little bit more certain about how he's going to perform. Mm-hmm. It's wild that like certainty is a word being tossed around with Terrence Davis. <laughs> it's, right? <laughs> it's so nuts. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think... You know, like I said, he's going to help trim the, trim the minutes down, and he's already helped the last couple of games. Fred just played 30 minutes against the Hornets on Monday, 35 tonight, which is low for him this season. And I think if he's playing 35, you're probably okay with that. Um, I think in matchups where maybe the size becomes a bit of a concern for Fred at the two, maybe Terrence Davis can sub in there and, and sort of offset a little, even more of those minutes. And in particular, I, I like the idea of running all three guys out and getting weird with it and, you know, testing the bounds of this team's versatility. Because with the way Boucher and Ronda Hellish-Jefferson have played in addition to Davis, like those three are all guys who in theory can play at a couple positions, maybe even three if you're thinking of Ronda Hellish-Jefferson with the way he screens. Um, You know, maybe him as like a super small ball five is kind of appealing as as a dive man because he seems to be pretty good at that. Um, You know, I think Davis... In those two multi-guard lineups with Fred and Kyle that we've seen them run with DeLon in the past, that we've seen them run before with Corey Joseph even, uh, going even further back, like, that's a lot of dynamism on the floor, that's a lot of creation, that's a lot of Fred and Kyle hanging out off the ball. If you can trust Terrence Davis to run, say, like a pick and roll with, you know, Siakam or Hollis Jefferson or Gasol or whatever, and you have both Kyle and Fred just, like, orbiting around off the ball, that becomes really terrifying, too, just kind of opens up a lot of possibilities that I don't think were really obvious and, and present for the Raptors at the start of the year. Um, and it's it's really exciting stuff. Uh, do you have a favorite thing that Terrence Davis does? Because he has like a lot of weird quirks to his game. Um, what What's your favorite so far? I just, I just love the confidence that he shoots with and does everything. With. There is absolutely no hesitation in his game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you would think an undrafted rookie, you know, that's not really one of the main starters or main players outside of injury would be a little more hesitant, like Norm, or, you know, get in their head a little bit. And he shows absolutely none of that. Mm -hmm. His fearlessness, I love. Yeah, I think I tweeted on Monday that he gives zero fucks per 36. And I think that uh, (laughs) very much, (laughs) uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think that was a pretty good description of what he does. Um, And the playmaking has been a thing that I've been really blown away by. And Jack Armstrong remarked upon it too tonight with his pocket passes. Like, it's something that, it's kind of an advanced thing. But, you know, the Raptors were up against it a little bit. Uh, with Jonathan Isaac, you know, Pascal Siakam was kind of, you know, barreling into Isaac a bunch in this game without much coming from it because it shouldn't because Isaac is really, really good and does a pretty good job against Pascal one-on-one. Um, and I was kind of annoyed that they were being so persistent with just like, all right, Pascal, drive at this top 10 defender on planet Earth and see what happens. I, that seemed like kind of a, 
silly situation to get yourself into, considering, as our, our friend Joe Wolfon pointed out, in the last game that the Magic and Raptors played, the Raptors carved up the Magic in the fourth quarter by running Siakam and Lowry pick and roll, and they just couldn't do anything to stop it. They were getting you know buckets out of it over and over again, whether it was Siakam or Kyle scoring. And they kind of did that in this one, too, in the fourth quarter. Again, with it sort of out of reach, they were kind of testing, I think, and and checking some stuff out. Um, But Davis, Siakam pick and roll was pretty effective. And the the pocket passes that Davis was throwing, um, you know, he sort of throws these weird passes once in a while. He seems very sort of within himself most of the time. But then every now and then he'll throw a weird over-the-shoulder thing like he did on Monday or a nice little sort of backwards bounce pass. It looks like he almost like goes through his own legs uh, to get it to Siakam. And it's advanced stuff that again should not be coming from a guy they stole from another G League, uh, summer league team it's nuts <laughs> it's it's really cool stuff and uh terrence davis man i i'm so so in on this dude he is great and, and like you know i don't want to like rank the excitement at level i have for the three guys who have really popped on the bench but i think my excitement level is highest for davis in terms of what it can open up for the raptors because that that creation that extra ability sort of the explosiveness the the playmaking the ball handling is something this team was sorely lacking and it's also going to help with minutes and and trimming things down for for Kyle and Fred uh, there, there's no bad things to be coming out of these last couple of games from from Terrence Davis, and I look forward to his next career high on Saturday against the Hawks. Uh... <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kelsey, let's uh, bounce around a few other things from this game. Pascal Siakam, 7 of 18 from the floor in this one, 18 points, 11 boards, 4 assists. He only had 9 points going into the fourth quarter, got rolling a little bit there, got to the line uh, all four times he got there were in the fourth quarter, um, seemed to figure out the Isaac thing a little bit. They hunted switches a little bit more liberally in the fourth two. Um, what did you think of Siakam's game? I was not terribly impressed with the way he played. He seemed a little bit passive to me at times. He seemed like um, other times he was being aggressive at the wrong points when he was in one-on-one coverage with, with Isaac. But at the same time, like, lots of good things happened when he was up there, too. He was a plus six. You know, he's got the best net rating on the team that continues, um, and he still does very good things out there. Did did you have any sort of thoughts or opinions on on Siakam's game tonight? I think that even the beginning of the season, right, it was like, oh, Siakam's off to a slow start. And then you look at the score sheet at the end, and you're like, oh, he had X number of points. I think it's still the same thing, but it's not – as prominent he's not scoring like 30 or 40 mm-hmm. it's just a quiet like 18 or so and I think that's okay I mean when Kyle and Serge got hurt the entire playmaking and um structure kind of fell apart because before they were more getting the ball to Siakam where now is Siakam has to do a lot more creating himself mm-hmm and kind of getting his teammates involved, whereas before it was his teammates getting him involved. Yeah, yeah. So is... I'm not worried about... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. Um, did you have... Sorry, did you want to finish there? I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm, I'm not worried about any, like, Siakam regression or um, 
him, you know, not living up to the potential that he was at the beginning of the year. I think it's just entirely situational. Yeah, it does really feel like a symptom of not having Kyle, that the shots are not as easily, you know, created. He's doing a lot himself. He's having to settle quite a bit. I think it's just as a means of, you know, preserving energy so he's not killing himself every single possession trying to get buckets for himself. Um, The mid-range is hit or miss here and there. I mean, the first possession of the game, I thought we were in for a huge Siakam game because he uh, put Isaac on his heels and pulled up from the the nail and just canned one. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then next time down, he got a little bit late and Isaac came in and just ripped it from him and that kind of was more of the story of the game with Isaac guarding him in this one but still it, it applies that there's like maybe five teams with a guy who can actually guard Siakam in a in a meaningful way and the magic happened to be one of them and still it didn't matter because you had contributions from elsewhere and, and you know Norm had a great game you had Boucher just playing like a damn maniac off the bench um, and Fred I thought in this one was you know he had more of the ball handling duties that I think he's had even you know they've had a lot of Siakam with the ball in his hands the last few games here I thought it was Fred most of the most trips down this this time around and he did a really good job with it he took 19 shots he hit 10 of them you know he missed his threes but he still had 24 points and I thought his finishing near the rim was fantastic and that took a little bit of the pressure off of Siakam for this one um and I guess that's to be expected when you have the one defensive matchup that is so much more daunting than everybody else on the floor um, but no, I, yeah, it was just a, a bit of a weird Siakam game. It seemed like he was almost not even in it for a little while and still ended up with a really nice game and ended up with some huge defensive plays. He had that crazy stop um, after he had a really bad turnover to throw it away. He, you know, tracked back and got like two blocks at once. He only got credited with one, I think, but um, that was great to see. And it was sort of a thing they did tonight, the team as a whole. Do you find this? They seem to like do a lot of bad turnovers and then respond with just these insane flourishes of chaos and like beauty. And they somehow save themselves from, from disaster with it. Like I think Ronde had one of those tonight. Um, Siakam did. I think Gasol has had a couple of those too, where he makes like a terrible turnover and then saves it at the other end. Um, are you enjoying the, these agent, agent of chaos possessions for the Raptors where it seems like they're almost intentionally getting themselves into weird situations? I think it's nice that we're playing like after that death road trip that they are playing games where they can't afford to make those. T- so whatever comes to them is always ends up being fun and good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun to be able to watch them kind of save themselves from their own mistakes without it costing them the entire game. Yeah. There's definitely a margin of error. And in I think these going- games. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I think going back to Pascal, I mean, yeah, he had a quiet night, but after that road trip last week, I think he's allowed. I think he's earned a quiet night or two. <laughs> yeah, this was my thinking in the Hornets game on Monday, where it seemed like they weren't even trying on defense for, you know, 38 minutes of that game. And then they tried in the third quarter for, you know, a couple minutes and it was over. Um, you know, it was so breakneck all during the road trip against those good teams and sort of desperate teams as well with Portland. And they just had to try so hard as they were sort of figuring out what they were without Kyle, what the rotation is going to look like, who is what and and who fits where. It felt like they constantly had to play it like 150, whereas really you'd like them to be in a situation where they can play at 75 for most of games and then kick it in when they have to. We saw this last year, right? It was sort of the means by which they preserved themselves and sort of kept a lot of their best moments hidden from from the league was there would be, you know, sort of 
lackadaisical for 40 minutes and then kick it up for eight minutes and then boom they you know would pull away and their defense would turn into offense and it was terrifying um it's kind of nice that they don't have to do that for the next couple games or the last couple games and hopefully the game against the the hawks on saturday uh and then the sixers are bad now too so uh maybe not even against the sixers on monday what was that they sure are But yeah, no, it's uh, the, the Siakam game was weird, but also, yeah, he's fu- he's okay to have some off nights, and I think the efficiency will perk back up once Kyle's back. It just seems too obvious, right? Like Kyle creates good shots for everybody, and Siakam is not alone in that. The Siakam Lowry pick and roll was such a dangerous play before Kyle went down, um, and I would expect things are going to perk back up for Siakam efficiency wise pretty soon here as guys start coming back. Um, Kelsey, do you have any other thoughts from this game? Anything that you uh, wanted to address? Um, no, not from this game. I don't think so. We just, we kind of coasted and then we beat them. <laughs> and we thought about this. Yeah. And it was, it was so nice to watch out, like your heart rate up. Really, really has been nice the last two games. It's been so relaxing. Just like, Watching the very good team and, and sort of cackling along when they do crazy things. Like the first quarter in this one, and I guess the second when the bench really sort of kicked ass was um, just a lot of fun. It, it, just crazy sort of, you know, the the Chris Boucher block and the putback dunk all in the one sequence. Very Biombo-like. Um, you had Rondé running the floor like a maniac. You had Terrence Davis bombing threes and, you know, I think scoring 10 of his points in like two minutes when he got on the floor. Um, as he apparently want to do now. Um, it's, it's a really, really fun team. I like so so far this year, look, I don't know if we could say this team has the same ceiling as last year's because Kawhi's not on it, and it's you know you want to be realistic. But have you had more fun watching this year's team than last year's team? Yes, much more fun. I mean, last year was fun because it was like holy shit, we have Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> but there was a lot more pressure last year. I feel mm-hmm. to perform at like a superstar level every single game, and now it's just it's. I'm almost watching it in a different light because it's like, holy cow, like look what our developments, like look at, look at what we've done with all these people. And I mean, you have these guys that at the beginning of the year, you were like, oh my God, they're unplayable. And then Ronnie Hollis Jefferson has become like insane. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's fun to watch them, watch them develop and still at the same time kick so much ass. Yeah, it's kind of like last year to me was sort of like, you know, it was eating your vegetables, but they were like really high class vegetables. So they tasted really good, but they were still vegetables at the end of the day. Um, And like ultimately vegetables are going to lead to good things like championships. But this year it is just like candy. Like it's just like, oh man, it's like a smorgasbord of sweets because like it's all, you know, leading towards something probably less than a title. But it's fine. It's just like the very best dessert you could possibly ha- possibly have after what last year was, where it was like a hearty main course and, you know, it was kind of a, a stress to get through and you're happy you got to the end of it because it tasted so damn good. Um, but this is just like you're digging into some nice tiramisu and it's velvety and smooth like- and there's layers and excitement, you know, little bits of excitement that you didn't expect to, to come from the, from the, fl- the flavor profile. It's, uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, like remember in Willy Wonka where they had that, was it the gum? And it would kept changing flavors. <laughs> That's this team. You're like, oh my God, I didn't expect that. 
oh my god, I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's like working out muscles you didn't really realize long. you had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what a, what a wonderful team. Uh, just so fun. And it's going to get more fun because they're going to get Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka back. I keep leaving Patrick McCaw and I guess Stanley Johnson out of the talk of who's coming back. But really, it's, it's Kyle and Serge. I mean, you throw those guys into what this team is, it's... I don't know. The East is weird, and I think it's becoming far more easy to talk yourself into like a mid to high 50s win total and some real danger in the playoffs for other teams in a way it was not maybe uh, easy to talk yourself into 14 games ago. So we'll continue to monitor as it as a, monitor this as it goes. Excuse me. Uh, man, I need to go to sleep. Uh, and we will uh, come back again on Thursday. I think Katie Heinel's going to join the show join the show tomorrow. That's going to be fun. And then Vivek's going to join me on Friday to close the week out. We'll see you at the Hawks game. I'll probably have an episode over the weekend too to make up for the missed one on Tuesday. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Kelsey, where can people find your stuff? Um, you can find me doing a lot of 905 coverage right now for um, Rockers Republic, or you can sign up for my tiny letter newsletter. Um, it's on my Twitter page, uh, Kelsey underscore lately. And there should be a new uh, newsletter coming soon if you missed if you missed the Halloween breakdown one. Absolutely. Uh, where's the link for this? Uh, for the for the uh, there's too many. I subscribe oh, to like sorry. seven thousand newsletter. What's the newsletter called? Biscuitball. That's what, yeah, I knew it was Biscuitball. I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm very bad. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. But no, it, I, the, all, there's so many people doing good newsletters right now. It's like the the, ne- the next great frontier of NBA or basketball writing. It's fantastic, and you are a big part of that, um, and everyone should be checking it out. And your 905 stuff is great as well. I'm glad you're getting those reps in. And your CBL coverage, I'm expecting great things in the next season. I can't wait because uh, you did some good stuff this Me past too, year. Uh, they're doing a press conference next week that they invited me to. Amazing. I will see you there. Yeah, they're going to big announcements. Oh, are you going to? Yeah, I'll be there for sure. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, big news sick. coming. We can't announce what the news is, but there, there's news coming. It's very cool news. So uh, in addition to, oh, the, to the Ottawa Blackjacks. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Yeah, that's a fun name. Very good name. Yeah. I, the, and... This is an aside that it's not related to the Raptors at all, but the CBL having a team in Ottawa that is playing at Lansdowne in the TD Place building, like right under the football stadium where like everything is, there's a million things to do around there. Such a good idea because, man, I I was in Ottawa for a long time, would have killed for something like that to go to, and I would have killed for a pro sports team that was not playing at uh, whatever hellhole arena they have in the middle of a farm field 40 minutes outside of town. Um, that that team's gonna rule. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So shouts to the CBL. It's great, uh, and lots more coming. It is down. great. I've watched it. Yeah, uh, and there will be news as to where you can watch that coming soon. Uh, that's all I'll say on that. Uh, anyway, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. <laughs> it was fantastic. So glad we could have you. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. Maybe we'll do a podcast in person on Tuesday next week after the CBL news thing or something like that. I don't know. Um, but until then, you can uh, find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated. Uh, and you can still buy We the Champs if you've yet to purchase We the Champs and you're looking for a stocking stuffer for Christmas. Why not do that? It, it's still available. There are lots of copies out there, whether it's online or in stores. So please do that. 
if you've yet to purchase Alex and I's book. And uh, yeah, I need to go to bed. My eye's still twitching. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.